This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry. Here we are, everybody. We're back. Another Forever Mighty post-game show. It's Pat and Eddie tonight about to break this down. A ridiculous game. A 6-5 to five shootout win for the Ducks. Uh, I mean, well, let's just be real here. The, the Devils scored three of them for Anaheim in this one, Eddie. I, they couldn't keep the puck out of their own net if they tried. Poor Corey Schneider hasn't won a game since December 2017. I think that's 18 straight games without a win. Oh, it goes back to next season or last season. Yeah, he hasn't won in that long. It's been a brutal year for Corey Schneider, meaning calendar year, right? He just has not had, uh, you know, good games whatsoever. Poor guy, too, you know, played his heart out in overtime, honestly. But uh, what a hell of a game, man. No, for real. Uh, That first period was insane. Uh, I had my job cut out for me creating all these goal things for for youtube because it was just an insane amount of goals it felt like it was going to be 10-9 after the first period it was just insane i mean do, we haven't seen this all year from the ducks they haven't been able to go toe-to-toe with any team and it's funny it's the two or two of the lowest scoring teams in the league that put up a 6-5 barn murder in a shootout oh it's ridiculous it was absolutely ridiculous it uh it didn't feel going into this we were going to get that though right like like you just said, these two teams don't score a lot. And then in the first period, of course, why wouldn't it be Kyle Palmieri uh, burning the Ducks in the opening period? Let's just get into uh, a little bit of pregame notes. I got a little ahead of myself there. Miller makes a start in net tonight. Schneider in net for Jersey. Raquel still out. Um, Ducks extend Bob Murray. We'll get to that at the uh, end of the show. A little bit of postgame talk about Bob Murray. But uh, getting started here in the first period, man. Why wouldn't it be the other than anyone other than Kyle Palmieri or Sammy Votnin or you know, whoever you Stephen want to pick? Nason, yeah, Nason. Pat Maroon will come off the bench and uh, come back to New Jersey and score. <laughs> or Lovejoy would put one in the yeah. net. Like, but no, Kyle Palmieri left alone in front of the net. Mahura and Dotchin kind of lose him with the shuffle in a slot. I mean, Gesloff was behind him. Shot goes wide. It just takes a crazy carom, and Miller kind of sprawls out, maybe overplaying a little bit. But uh, Paul Mary's going to get the chip shot over him, and it's a one nothing Devils lead in the first period. Yeah, it's kind of a ridiculous bounce, right? Uh, we like to blame, or at least try and place blame on any goal that uh, goes in against the Ducks and at least assign some kind of blame to maybe a guy out of position or somebody's just not covering their man or whatever. But 
There's not much I feel like you could do on this one. It takes a ridiculous bounce off the boards. Goes right to Palmieri. He doesn't even get all of it either. He kind of swings a little bit out. It gets. Uh, it comes off the the heel of his stick and just chips softly into the net. Uh, Ryan Miller can't do anything on that one either. He's sprawled completely out. So it's a tough one. But of course, like you said, Kyle Palmieri, of course, is the guy who's going to get the goal. This was not a goalie's game. Yeah. No <laughs> goalies no. either into the ice. Uh, would probably want a couple of these back, especially Schneider. He he didn't have a great game whatsoever until overtime. I felt like but the Ducks would come back. Ducks able to prevent the Devils from getting out of their own zone. And a shot from up high along the half wall. I mean, this was like like a 60-footer, right? It felt like it was a long way from Schneider, from Jakob Silverberg, yep. uh, who was just saw Kessler and someone else skating right in front of Schneider at the right time. And it, it just finds its way. It was a seeing-eye shot there by the Ducks. Silverberg on the board again. And now we have a tie game, man. Good to see uh, Jacko picking up his game. Yeah, Montour scored one like this a couple games ago, I think, where he shot it from the blue line where Cal was in front of the net. Oh, and yeah. it just flew in. I think it was – I don't think it was last game because if Silverberg scored last game. Oh, God, but, it was uh, a terrible game it, last game. Yeah, I think it was two games ago where, where it was similar. But the against Ducks the Hawks. Just, yeah, it was against the yeah. Hawks. They're just starting to throw pucks on net and cliche uh, again. They throw pucks on net. Eventually, some of them are going to go into the net. And Jakob Silverberg finally, we criticized him two games ago before he started going and, and putting some, some pucks in the back of the net that he was not doing too well since his hot start. And now he's got back-to-back goals in, in both games, not the prettiest goals, uh, a deflection off his foot and a soft wrister from literally the blue line. So, you know, there, if it's a goal is a goal, but uh, great start from him. Way to quote Jim Fox, uh, the Kings broadcast there, right? Put some pokes yeah. on it, score some goals. It's like his yeah. uh, his famous one-liner. He says it all the time. <laughs> I'm sure you just made all of our Ducks I, fans happy. It's 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 accurate. It's, it's as dumb of a cliche as it is. It's uh, it's accurate in the Ducks case, especially when you they can't score goals all year. So you might as well just take the Carolina Hurricanes approach and just throw every puck on that and hope that it goes in. Corsi for the win, man. That's the way to go, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ducks would get another one, though. Sherwood on a three-on-two rush enters the zone. Um, the Ducks bring the puck in, gets a pass, and then he kind of stretches for it, tries to swing it back across the slot to Carter Rowney. I think it goes off of uh, Nason in front Stephen of the Nason. net. Yeah, <laughs> off Stefan Nason, past Corey Schneider. Now, all of a sudden, it's a 2-1 Ducks lead. And this is where you kind of feel like the game was going to get out of control because it was three goals in under three minutes combined for these teams who just can't seem to find the back of the net all season. But now the Ducks yeah. have a 2-1 lead. Yeah, it, it's funny that it is the a former Duck or one of the former Ducks that it goes in off of. Uh, it almost feels like not an own goal in that sense. But Kiefer Sherwood uh, doesn't – if he handles that puck, it, it would be similar to the Montour girl that we'll talk about later where he actually would get a pretty good shot off. Oh, yeah. He doesn't really get a good handle on it, but – Hey, throw pucks on net, and uh, uh, good things happen. Here we go. <laughs> it goes, goes in off Stefan Nason's foot and into the net. But Corey Schneider, ugh, he was swimming on that one. He was way out of position. I mean, I don't know why he expected Sherwood to take a shot from that angle, but he played it like that, and he just he's just gliding he, over to He wasn't China. ready for tonight. I feel like he didn't look good. He's I mean, the ready. broadcast, Hayward even <laughs> pops out and made comments about how he felt that Schneider was overplaying shots. Uh, and kind of swimming around a bit, man. I agree. He didn't look ready for tonight's game. Uh, go through the rest of this period pretty much. Uh, Ducks with some strong shifts. I mean, Andre Kasha, dude. Have we gone a game since he's been back 
and not talked about how well he's played other than maybe Carolina. Yeah, right? but even even in that game, he did okay. He, he still looked probably like one of the better Ducks forwards. I think it's been pretty much every game that we've mentioned him in, in some way or another in a positive light on what he's doing for this offense, whether it's his speed or him creating a chance or whatever. And then in this game, he just stepped it up a whole other notch and just looked amazing. So we've gone through three goals, and we have three more that are going to happen before this period's over. So let's get to the Devils' next goal. Taylor Hall comes flying in. Uh, clips Larson. And now, uh, is that a penalty? Clipped him. I, it was incidental to me. So. I don't think it was. I, I felt like some people were calling for a penalty. Um, that one probably wasn't going to be one the refs were going to make. I mean, Hall tried to squeeze in. And, I mean, things happen in hockey. You, you clip somebody. But uh, Larson falls down on the side of the net. And then he's able to collect the puck and then just feed a absolute perfect pass for a bomb of a shot. Uh, by Kyle Palmieri, of course. I mean, why wouldn't he be all over the ice tonight? Beats Miller far side to the blocker, dude. That was a beautiful, beautiful shot by Kyle Palmieri, honestly, man. And it made it a 2-2 game. Man, Kyle Palmieri already has 16 goals this year. No, he does not. He's, yes, he does. That was his 16th of the season. Uh, he started out really hot, struggled a bit. Now he's started to score again. Obviously, two in this game. Good thing we traded him for, like, what, a third-round pick? Second and a third, Second and a third, yeah. Listen, I get why they made that trade, but it sucks. I think he scored 30 either last year or two years ago. When you have no depth scoring and you reflect on these trades, (laughs) this hurts a little bit, man. He'll probably score 30 this year unless he completely collapses. They're, what, they're just over probably the same as the Ducks, just over 30 games into the season, so a little bit less than halfway and he's already at 16. If he just plays anywhat similar to the rest of the season, he'll finish with over 30 goals. Which Keep playing is, on a line with Taylor Hall. It shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, he's playing with Taylor Hall and Nico Hischer. So, and he's on the first power play unit with Taylor Hall, who right. only, uh, has a 12 power play assist this year and no power play goals. So guess who's getting those power play goals? <laughs> who's got, yeah, who's, who's so. feeding them? Yeah. But it was a great shot. I mean, he picked the top corner. He he had to go there uh, off the one-timer, and uh, I mean, we all miss him. I mean, that's what we miss. That's what the Ducks need is a guy like that. Oh, yeah. Moving on here along this in this first period. Uh, Amelia in front of the net. Lindholm drops, uh, I think it was Miles Wood, twice in front of the net. I was focused on that. People kind of get together. Next thing I know, Brandon Montour is heading to the penalty box out of nowhere. Apparently, he took a hooking penalty, which would put the Devils on a power play. And this is one that I feel that Miller's going to want back when he takes a look at this tape. But uh, yeah. Devils get a power play goal by Severson. Uh, it was just, I, didn't, I don't remember who passed the puck, but there was a play at the side of the net, like really close to Ryan Miller. Miller didn't have his stick block in the crease, like a lot of goalies do. And he was able to feed it right between the defender's skate all the way across to Severson, who's able to blast it home. Miller has to go left to right with the blocker, went under his arm and body. And now it's a... What did that make? That made it a three-two game at that point for the Devils. But uh, I mean, I mean, what do you, I mean? Sometimes it happens, but this just wasn't a goalie's night for sure. No, it, yeah, it was Marcus Johansson who fed it across to to Severson, and it, it, I think yeah, it's on Ryan Miller there for not blocking that pass, but it's kind of on Jake Dodgson as well. Yeah, uh, the way he positions himself on that goal, uh, he's got his stick facing outwards away, and he's got his back to Ryan Miller. Uh, at that point, if you you might as well just defend stick first and try and get something in the in the passing lane. I know he's maybe worried then about deflecting into his own net or or whatnot, but nobody has a stick in the passing lane 
And uh, when you're not facing the play there, I, I, you know, he doesn't see Severson somehow, even though he's facing Severson on the back post. So I think it's on both of them. But yeah, you're right. Ryan Miller's going to look at that and want that back and wonder why he just didn't have a paddle down to block that pass. I don't know if, you know, he didn't think that Johansson could get it across, or maybe he, well, the more likely option is he didn't see Severson at the back post. But tough one because he almost gets it too just finds a hole yeah if that was if that was a higher shot miller makes a save i feel like on that play but the ducks of course would come back because we wouldn't look it out of this period without six goals going on the board to talk about tonight and keeping eddie busy all night would make it gifts you got a break in the second period all right so i mean you don't need to complain too much as long as it it, like i said if it didn't finish 10 9 i I got a break (laughs) you were good yeah so this this play about had my jaw on the floor, and I don't know why, but I like stood up yelling because Andre Kasha, man, I know that Montour gets the goal here on the rush, but Andre Kasha literally outstick handles along the half wall, three New Jersey Devils de- uh, players or defenders, and then is able to feed the puck across the ice on a streaking Montour under the stick of yet another defender, and then Montour with a shot that wires it past uh, Corey Schneider. That I mean, another goal that I feel that. Another goaltender would have made the save on, but Monster is able to get this puck and rip it over the glove of Corey Schneider and make it 3-3. But Andre Kasha, dude, I'm like, I was sitting there and I was deciding what jersey I wanted to get this year, and I'm like sold on Lindholm, but I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I kind of want to get a Kasha yeah. jersey too. He, That guy's insane, man. What a hell of a play by that guy. Yeah, I mean, like you said, he dangles around, I think, three Devils players in the Just beats that of puck North control. with the pass. Yeah. Uh, one of the most creative players with the puck on the team. Maybe you could look at Raquel and Getzlaff and probably put him up in that category. I think, uh, especially I just think the so. way he's playing. He had three points in this game, a goal and two assists, I believe. So he's just been unstoppable. This is one of, I think, his better games of the season. Just was all over the place, creating offense. Uh, the game sheet at the beginning had him with Richie and uh, Henrique, but then I believe he got bumped up to play with Getzlaff and Auberg because that's how the, the starting three that went out on the ice were Getzlaff, Auberg, and Kasha. So he's, again, I got a versatile guy. You can put it anywhere in the lineup, and uh, he'll do well. He played on the fourth line two games ago, did well there, got promoted up to the second line, did well there, and now he's on the first line, and he had one of his best games of the season. So he's just such a versatile player. He's such an important player to the Ducks roster, and I feel mm-hmm. like he's really underrated in the sense that you know, he always is contributing on a nightly basis. Like we said, we're talking about him every podcast about what the, you know, the good things he's doing. I don't think we've ever said a negative thing about him. This no, season he doesn't really make dumb plays, been. man. And when he exactly. loses the puck, he's on his own ass all the way back hustling. That guy doesn't give up, yeah. dude. He's, he is uh, just I, I, for my money, the best player on the ice tonight. Um, he's an easy player to root for. One yeah. of those, like, guys who just never quit. And he doesn't make any mistakes, so there's really nothing to hate. So he's just been unbelievable since coming back. It would have been great to have him for the full season if this is the type of Andre Kasha that we were going to get. I mean, he had such a great game tonight. I would say he and Paul Mary were the best two players on the ice, uh, one for either team. Montour had a solid game as well. But, uh, yeah, Andre Kasha, I can't say enough good things about that guy. He's been just a, a, a wonder on this team with how well he's been able to fit in. And that speed and puck skills that he's brought to this team is just game-changing for him. So we end the first period 3-3, 15-12 shots on goal. Uh, Devils lead that category. Um, 
they get the power plays, kind of assist them in, in that in that sense as well. But uh, getting on to the second period, not much was happening, and you kind of expected that early on just because, I mean, the coaches are like, holy hell, you can't be giving up that many chances yeah. going either way, guys. You need to figure this out. But, um, I mean, that obviously wouldn't hold that well after the after the second period. But uh, Kyle Palmieri, again, man, just dominant on the ice again in this period. I noticed him a lot, and um, it would lead to many chances for them. But the Devils would get a goal – and it was Cini on a rebound after Sherwood overskates the puck in the neutral zone, gives the Devils a three-on-two break. I don't know what you're going to say about this one, about uh, about Miller at this point, but, uh, I mean, it just is what it is. Cini able to clean it up, and now all of a sudden it's, uh, you know, it's a 4-3 game. Yeah, I think this is another one Miller's going to look back on and kind of criticize himself a bit because this was a big rebound. Yeah. to give up on, on what really wasn't a hard shot for him to save. Uh, he could see all of it. Uh, the, the screen came in after, and he just kind of kicks it out to open space. I don't think he realized that Cini was going to be there, but it's one he's going to want back because, again, like the, the one before, he didn't block the passing lane on Severinsen's goal, and on this one, he just kicked the rebound right out to a guy. And uh, Like we said at the beginning of the game, it wasn't a goalie's night, and Ryan Miller didn't have the best game. He, uh, he was duking it out with Corey Schneider and what was just going to be a, 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 just a, a goal fest pretty much for the entire night. So a uh, tough one for him, but, I mean, that's just the way this game was going. Uh, every, every every shot was pretty much going in the back of the net. There was chances left, right, and center for both teams. It was just end-to-end, even in the second period when it slowed down. There was just a ton of chances. Like you said, Paul Mary was all over the place. Andre Cascio was getting chances all over the place. So... Just a, a wide open game. Yeah, it, and it wouldn't end, right? It, this uh, this back and forth would carry on to the third period. But before we get there, I got to I got to say a couple more things about the second period. And one of those was the phantom high stick call on my boy Lindholm that Kyle Palmieri didn't even get clipped, didn't even get touched with the high stick. His visor didn't move, his helmet didn't move. The stick goes right over his head. It's close. And then all of a sudden he skates another stride and then does this like he got hit in the face with a stick. I hate that, man. I would yeah. hate it if a Ducks player did it. I'm not a fan of that. I, I get you're trying Philip to. Philip Forsberg is great at it. Ah, it's brutal, dude. It's so yeah. brutal. I, I mean, say what you want. I know that people are like, well, you got to you gotta try to get a, a, you know, a, an advantage at some point or, uh, you know. Get the, get the call on your side and do what you got to do to win. But I, oh my God, man, I hate that kind of crap. I'm not a fan it's, of it whatsoever. No, it's it's soccer stuff. It's oh, soccer. Yeah. It's trip. it's that yeah. kickball sport that you love so much they do that in all the time. Yeah, it, it's such I hate I mean you see it in every sport to some extent. Uh, you like in the NBA you start to see it now more often where a guy will push somebody and a guy just falls all it falls onto the, the court all over the place and in These hockey. Big old six foot seven, two hundred and seventy pound basketball players. Like yeah. Whoa. The problem the problem with it I think is because just like in soccer, the reason they do it is because it, it gives you an advantage. You get a power play out of it. Or in, in soccer, it's it's all over the place because generally you get a penalty shot over it and, and you get a direct chance to score a goal. And players are starting to do it because, I mean, if you're going to get a power play chance, if you want a good team on the power play, that's a huge chance to get a goal, an important right. goal in the game. So you're going to start to see it more when guys do that. And it sucks. Nobody wants to see that in the game. We all hate it when you see guys like Philip Forsberg and even P.K. Subban's been uh, accused of, uh, of diving in the past or embellishing. Nazem Kadri's been a guy who's been fined for that multiple times. So 
unfortunately, I, I feel like it's here to stay. It just sucks. It, it's really because the refs, it's hard to see it. And I don't blame the referees on that one. It was close, no. but it didn't clip him. It's like, yeah. come on, it's, man. Yeah, it's hard to see it. And if you see the stick up and you see a guy react, you kind of just have to assume that that's what happened. And, you know, they don't get the benefit of the replay on that. So it, it, it sucks. Which I'm happy about. I don't yeah. need a replay for everything. We don't need to be coaches challenging every little play on the ice. I'm okay with it. It happens in games. It just frustrates me when I see it. But then Miller would get uh, a lot more work as he, <laughs> he had to make a hell of a save on a breakaway on Coleman. And, I mean, at least he held the Ducks in here because he would have to later save one on Taylor Hall or almost have to save one on Taylor Hall because Hall flubbed that pat, or flubbed that play. He had blue line in breakaway, and I was I was, I remember putting my hand in uh, on my face and just going like this <laughs> as I watched the game, and then I watched him flub it. I was like, oh, yeah. thank God. I thought for sure Hall was going to bury that one. If he got it to the forehand, that was it. And he just missed it. He tried to roll it back from the, the, the back side of his stick over to the front, and he just missed receiving the, the on the the front part of his stick to mm-hmm. get it for a shot. He just misses it, and he just fires it into the corner. And even that almost goes into the net. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it, he's not a guy. Uh, the last guy you want to give a breakaway to on the Devils is Taylor Hall. Because uh, he was really, really close to putting that in the back of the net. If you give him another chance, he probably scores on. He's going to bury it. Oh yeah. yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't mishandle the puck that often. So and then it's just talking about missed calls here. Getzloff gets decked in the corner when he didn't have the puck. He was not happy about that. I think it happened before the hall breakaway. But he gets up, goes after somebody in the corner. Nothing there. Kasha gets a uh, a streaky play through the middle of the ice, going the opposite direction and through the neutral zone. I think he got. I was like a really obvious trip to me. The Devils take him down. No call there again. That's when you heard like, I don't know how many people were at the, the Ducks game tonight, but uh, tens over ten thousand at least. Right? It wasn't a packed house, but yeah. uh, lots of people there chanting "Ref, you suck," which was uh, which was great to hear. Always fun to hear when you're at an arena, but it was very audible on TV as well. Yeah, and I think that's because a lot of them got to see that replay on the Hampus Lindholm penalty. And oh you yeah. Can see that there was embellishment, and then next, and then of course, when a call doesn't go your way, uh, you get a little bit more upset than maybe you would have to begin with. I, it was, I think it should have been a penalty. It was close uh, when Kasha got tripped, and then the miscall call and gets left too. But it, it feels so much worse when Hamas Lindholm goes to the box for what was deemed a phantom high stick because oh, Palmieri yeah. embellishes the play, so it makes it that much worse. No, that was so tough. But uh, the Ducks get out of that period, only letting one goal in. It's a four-three Devils lead going into the third. Really strong start by the Ducks in the in the third period here. Um, they went back to their dump and chase hockey for some reason. They even mentioned that on the broadcast, and they called it blue collar work. And I was like, I don't oh know. My God. Like, blue come on, work. can we not can we not endorse dump and chase hockey? It only works when you have extremely fast players that can that are going to outskate. Um, and there were chances where the Ducks were able to collect the puck in the corner, but that's not the way you play behind. You need to be carrying the puck in and creating off the rush, in my opinion. Obviously, I'm not uh, employed by an NHL team, so what do I know? They praised Randy Carla at one point during the broadcast, too, for the Ducks uh, having the record that they have at this point. They said that most of the credit should fall on Randy Carlisle's shoulders, and I was just I was about ready to switch over to the MSG broadcast at that point, and just because... Oh, man, I, I mean, I get it. 
and and this is typical with the Ducks where you see that you can't be critical of the team at all in any type of professional format with this team, whether it be social media or, or their actual broadcast. So they can't say anything bad about Randy Carlisle whatsoever. So they're literally crediting him with the Ducks' success. And, and we, we said that he – I think I don't think he is void of all credit at all. He has to get a little bit. But sure. Yeah, goaltending for one. Uh, some of the, the pickups that the Ducks have had, Pontus Aberg has been great. Uh, Daniel Spong has been good since coming over. And just the general leaders on this team and, and Ryan Getzlaff are kind of carrying the load for the Ducks. But I just I can't believe it. It's Well, I can believe it, but it's just so cringy to hear them praise Randy Carlisle for the Ducks' success and, and put most of the praise on his shoulders. He's the best around. He's definitely yeah. the best coach around. Uh, and this was the unfortunate part of the third period here. Taylor Hall drives the net. Mahura is able to keep pace with them, leaning on each. They're basically leaning on each other. You know, Mahura trying to push Hall away from the front on his drive. Uh, unfortunate here, they both lose their balance, go sliding into the net. I originally thought Mahura hit his face in the post, and that's why they were rushing the trainer out because Hall was waiting for the trainer. Upon further review, Miller has his foot just on the outside of the post, and. Yeah. Mahura goes right into his knee. That looks like a hyperextension the wrong way. And that is not good news for the Ducks as uh, that's a bad knee injury, I feel like. Hopefully I'm wrong. That didn't look good for Ryan Miller, though, as he gets carted off the ice or carried off the ice with assistance from the trainer. It, it's a tough one for sure. Um, it's, it's not one that I think cripples the Ducks. I mean, if it was John Gibson, as bad as that might be to say, that's obviously worse for him to go out than Ryan Miller at this point. The Ducks... In the rest of December, only have one back-to-back. It's the uh, 17th and 18th against Pittsburgh and the Rangers. So if he is out for any extended period of time, that's the only point where they're really going to feel that. John Gibson was likely going to play all the next remaining games except that back-to-back game anyway. So hopefully he's okay. Hopefully it, it is an injury. Hopefully they just kept him out for precautionary reasons uh, because the game was just a, a ridiculous game anyway to begin with with the amount of goals going to the back of the net. And then maybe they just decided to keep Gibby in for the rest of the game just to kind of keep Miller out and, and not to further extend that injury. We don't really know. I, I hope we hear something tomorrow. Uh, we, you know, with no game until uh, Sunday, we might not hear anything until Sunday morning, but hopefully he's okay. Probably going to see Kevin Boyle called up, you know, unless, unless Miller's fine, but it didn't look good. It honestly yeah. didn't look good. I, I hope he's, I hope he's okay. Um, yeah. The Ducks in this in this third period, though, after that, uh, Gibby would come into net and then have to make an unreal stop. I mean, the gif you posted was beautiful because yeah. Gibby's moving all the way over to his blocker side to make this initial save. I didn't even see uh, who deflected the puck on its way to the net, but it made it go back to his glove side. So if he wasn't six foot four, I don't know if he makes the save with the toe of his skate, but he follows that puck and is like, oh, crap has to come back and then flick his toe out of the last second uh, to keep the score at 4-3 Devils because that, I mean, that should have been behind, that should have been behind him. That should have been the fifth goal of the game for, the, for New Jersey there. Yeah. John Gibson doesn't need warm-up, I guess. Because no, he's no going to come in and make a ridiculous save when sitting on the bench for 75% of the game. Uh, insane save. It's it's a save that I think only a, a few goalies in this league can make. The, the most athletic goalies really can only do this. But John Gibson is, is like you said, he's going the opposite way. And he's he's sliding to the right side of his net and is still able to extend his paddle enough 
to get a toe save. Uh, I don't know many guys who can do that, honestly, who have the ability to do that. That's a really difficult save to make. That it still looked great, but he made it look easier than it was. Uh, I oh, mean, yeah. that is an outstanding save to be able to do that. And uh, he got a pretty big piece of it, despite going sliding completely to the right side of the net. Uh, unbelievable from John Gibson. We've said that I don't know how many times this year. He he seems to make one or two of these saves a game. It feels like it, right? It feels like yeah. he's always in the game like that. Uh, Ducks end up coming back and getting a tying goal thanks to that beautiful save on probably the most ridiculous play I've seen this season from Anaheim. Auberg, not even looking at the net, is skating off, right? He just hoists a backhand from the blue line, (laughs) floats all the way, and uh, Ben Lovejoy in front of the net attempts to grab the puck, goes in and out of his glove, and then over poor Corey Schneider, who didn't have... A chance in hell to make that save because what is he supposed to do? He does. He's not yeah. counting on his defenseman trying to catch the damn puck from a shot that far out. What a crazy turn of events for Anaheim. But Auberg, uh, I mean, picked up off the waiver wire. I think he has ten goals now, if I'm correct yeah, here. Yeah. Is able yeah. to get get a goal here. Unreal by him the way he's just been able to find the back of the net. But that's the most bizarre looking goal that I've seen in a long time. Man, made a four four. Don't say that yet because the goal after this is pretty ridiculous <laughs> too. I think it, I think it could rival this one. Uh, another former duck too, putting the puck in his own net for Stefan Nason and then Ben Lovejoy. Beautiful, ridiculous. I don't think I've ever seen a guy whiff on it, uh, a player whiff on it with his glove and direct it into his own net from pretty far out too. But it takes like a huge bounce off his glove. Uh, it takes a, at least like a foot bounce up into the air off his glove and over Corey Schneider's shoulder and into the net. A ridiculous goal. The Ducks got lucky on, on three goals into this game. Uh, other than that, I mean, again, get pucks to the net, and the good things are going to happen. Uh, they, they scored three goals, or four goals, from getting pucks to the net in this game. So Your new uh, name's think, Eddie Fox. Yeah. They're yeah, calling hey. Eddie Fox. Uh, I like the cliches. <laughs> and you must love John Allers. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll table that for now. I don't know about that. The Ducks would come back with yet another goal, man. And this one was bizarre, too. we got to hop on this. We had so many goals tonight. We can't spend the whole show breaking it down. But uh, Andre Kasha gets yet another goal. Golden opportunity on the side of the net. Schneider makes a hell of a first save on Andre Kasha on the side of the net. Pops the puck up. I thought for sure this goal was going to get waved off immediately because Richie was in front. I thought it was his stick that swats the puck in. But Same no. Here. It's none other than Green, uh, the New Jersey Devils captain, swats the puck. He just hit the top of the puck rather than under the puck, knocks it in under the bar. I would be so pissed if I was Corey Schneider, but uh, what are you going to do there? All of a sudden, the Ducks take a 5-4 lead in a game that was just back and forth and crazy. But another own goal for the Devils here to give the Ducks the 5-4 win, or 5-4 lead, rather. I don't know why Green just doesn't take his hand off his stick and, and swat it. Swat it out of it. He had enough time. It was high enough above the crossbar, but he decides to go with the stick. And it's so uh, unpredictable when you swing like yeah. that. Well, yeah, because he he hits it off the bottom of his stick and it goes straight down into the net. And you so see by his reaction. Brutal. I mean, they known at that point that they had put two pucks in the back of their own net. And then you see from his reaction, he just slumps over the crossbar at that point. Oh, he was so bummed. That, yeah, that was the, the go-ahead goal for the Ducks late in the third period. And 
putting in your own net at that point you'd put three of five in your own net brutal uh does, doesn't feel good Corey schneider as bad as his season's been uh, and he didn't look great in this game he, he's looking back on this just i think furious with his team uh, <laughs> he didn't deserve this fate tonight he didn't deserve no. it well, the Stephen Nason one, whatever. I mean, that that's unlucky. Right. But the Ben Lovejoy one and then Andy Green, they were both put in uh, to their own net. Just off plays they didn't really have to make. Uh, I would be upset, especially if I'm Corey Schneider and you look at the fact that now he's 0-6 this year. Brutal. Is, uh, and he's, his save percentage has to be sub-850 sub this year. <laughs> and his goals against average was above 4 going into this game, so it's only gone up from there. Uh, yeah, he's not going to be happy. So, I'm a little pissed off the Ducks broadcast, by the way. They, earlier, earlier, <laughs> earlier in the third period, they decided to show the New Jersey Devils record after leading after two. They're like 83-0-10 or something like that, yeah. or 13 or something like that. And then they made the mention after the Ducks get the go-ahead goal on 5-4. Something about this being like the Devils' first regulation loss, like, or yeah, it could they be, it. they totally screwed him on that, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, the way things go when you say things like that in hockey, right? You don't ever talk about a shutout or it's going to get blown here. But uh, the Devils pull Schneider with about two minutes and ten seconds to go. Just a mass of hockey players standing in front of John Gibson. Shot comes through, bangs around, Boyle's in front, Kessler's in front, Paul Mary's in front, Johansson's in front, just a mob of freaking people in front of Gibby. Gibby's like all hunched low trying to look for the puck, not able to see that Johansson gets a stick on it. I mean, just over the pad and glove of John Gibson to tie the damn game up. And why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't this game go to overtime? It's 5-5. Yeah, and and the funny thing is Kyle Palmieri doesn't get a point on that, but he makes that play by just sending a puck on net into the crease. (laughs) Of course. And uh, creates a a mad scramble. John Gibson can't do anything on this one. He's looking for the puck, and there's about 10 sticks in the crease trying to find it pops up perfectly to Marcus Johansson who just he doesn't even know where he's shooting it he's just trying to get it on net at that point but it's a tough one it's a tough way to not get a win in regulation because I felt like despite obvious the obvious own goals in this game I felt like the Ducks deserved to to win that after coming back a couple times being down by a goal and uh, it's a tough one to lose it to because you can't really blame anybody for that it's just a, a mad scramble that luckily bounced to Johansson that he was able to put in the back of the net. So uh, John Gibson, again, he was excellent in this game. It always feels like he'll make the ridiculous saves and then a, just a soft one or, or one you can't really blame him for or get by him. It happens, and I agree with you. It was, what, 58 seconds to go in the game that uh, Marcus Johansson was able to get the puck by him and get a stick on the puck. We go to overtime. Kind of a boring beginning of the overtime. The Devils did a lot of nothing but standing around. I felt like they just wanted to get to the shootout in the beginning of the overtime period. But then he sure nearly wins it on a drive on the front uh, to the front of the net against John Gibson. Gibson sprawls. I thought it was in the net for a moment there, but the puck actually popped yeah. out the backside. And then the Ducks would go on another rush back the other way. Mahura's denied on a three-on-one. So you get a little bit going back and forth here. Henrique denied on a cross cut, like in front of uh, in front of Schneider as well. Probably Schneider's best save of the game was right there in overtime on Adam Henrique, and then uh, Votnin gets stripped by Auberg and Getzloff combined to knock a puck loose in overtime here, and Aberg ends up getting a shot on Schneider, uh, big save there. But that's the end of overtime. Going on to the shootout, 
Aberg denied, Palms denied, thank God, as Gibby did the pad stack. I thought that was a veteran move. That was great. <laughs> I can't believe he did he that. He smiled after that too. He was super He's excited about it. He's having fun, yeah. But that's such a ballsy move. Yeah, well, the shooters get to have fun, so why can't John Gibson do a little pad stack and, and show some flair? Jason would have loved to be able to talk about that. Yeah, that's, that's that's something Jason would try to pull off in a men's yeah, league game for sure. Didn't get to talk about this one. So, and then Sprong, of course, why wouldn't he get on the board? He thinks forehand goes backhand. Uh, in tight, by the way. He, I mean, he pulled that move off nice and in tight there on Corey Schneider to beat him on the backhand. And then Hall, your think is going to deke the entire way. At least I felt Taylor Hall was going to fly in on Gibson and deke. Wires one. I mean, Gibby didn't move to that puck ring off the crossbar, but uh, yeah. saved by the post there against John Gibson. He took a lot of speed too. Hall came from like the opposing blue line to wind up for that uh, shootout attempt. And he was just flying in. So usually if a guy's coming in that fast, you're expecting like a forehand, backhand deke or something like that. I think that's what Gibby was waiting for. He was just waiting for Hall to make a move. And instead of making a move, he just fires a snapshot off the crossbar. So he completely fooled Gibby. So it was a great play by Hall. It just did He couldn't get the, the shot into the top corner, which luckily, because, I mean, again, Taylor Hall somehow – missed two breakaways in this game the shootout attempt and the breakaway in the second period so that doesn't happen too often lady luck on the duck side for sure in this game man just because of the weirdness of how they've scored goals and goals that didn't go in usually when players come in that fast too they make a move but not only that you see guys that come flying in and then pump the brakes like in yeah. the lower end of the slot and then deke and the goalie's all backed up that, yeah. oh yeah the goalie's already all backed up tight from the speed and then you have a lot of net but uh, then it would go on to the captain. None other than Ryan Getzloff does his little patented move where he the fakes the forehand shot, quickly goes back and then pulls it back to forehand again, and he beats Corey Schneider down low. Game over. Ducks win 6-5. Holy hell, man. 11 goals in tonight's game. Not something you and I thought we'd be talking about anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, I mean, after the first, I thought it was going to be a ridiculous, a lot higher score just because it felt like it was that much of an open game. And even with coaching adjustments, just how bad these teams are defensively, I thought it was just going to be an unreal game. But still high scoring, still 6-5, didn't expect it. Ducks' offense against the Hurricanes was anemic. I guess it wasn't that much better in this game because three of their <laughs> five regulation goals were because of Devils players. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the Ducks don't put up six goals, and I guess one's a shootout goal. But still, they don't put up six goals often this year. So it's nice to, to see that of a bit of a change. It was an, a lot more exciting game. It was a, a huge turnaround from the Hurricanes game, which was as boring as it could get. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you get an exciting six-goal first period and uh, a goal in the final minute to tie the game and then a couple of nice shootout goals. So it was a, an exciting one for sure. A combined 34 giveaways in this game between the two teams, Anaheim with 18, Devils with 16. Kind of tells the story of why it was so wide open most of the time. A lot of turnovers in tonight's game but the Ducks are able to squeak out the win there six to five in a shootout captain sealing the deal let's get on to the post game post game we go into uh you got any got any questions tonight I didn't know it was kind of a light Sunday night for us yeah we got one question and it regards something we haven't talked about yet is the all-star game so Herbie oh. stinks on reddit uh, asked who do you think will get sent to the all-star game do you think we'll get to send two players? I guess we'll just keep this to the Pacific. So who do you think will get sent to the All-Star game? I guess first, who do you think is going to be the captain of the Pacific team? 
Oh, jeez, dude. I don't know. The Pacific Division captain? It's probably going to be Connor McDavid. Yeah, I would say it's going to be McDavid for sure. I was going to say him or somebody on Calgary. I mean, Calgary's lighting it up right now. Yeah, but Maybe it's a fan vote, right? Johnny Hockey. So. Yeah, fan vote. It's going to be it's going to be McJesus. He's going to get the call for the C uh, the All Star game for sure in San Jose. Um, for the Ducks, I, I mean, I would like to see Andre Kasha go just because how well he's been playing. Uh, John Gibson's another one that I would send. And then, you know, the captain's always going to get some votes. But uh, I would love to see Andre Kasha, but I think I think it's going to be Gibby or Getz. What about you? Yeah, I, I think when you look at the goalies in the Pacific, I think John Gibson has probably had the best season, and he'd be the most likely one to go. Antti Ranta just actually went down for the entire season. There goes my prediction. Uh, yeah, yeah, there goes my fantasy team too. Um, <laughs> what's what's fantasy uh, hockey? I don't know what that is. Yeah, sorry. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan Quick <laughs> is probably not going to go because he's been not that great this year. Uh, Martin Jones has been inconsistent. Mark Andre Fleury's been inconsistent at times. John Gibson's really been the only guy in the Pacific that's been consistently good. And if the Ducks have to, they have to send one player, be as per the rules. So John Gibson, I think, is the easy choice. After that, maybe Ryan Getzlaff. How many points did he uh, did he have tonight? Two, I think. So he's at twenty four points in twenty six games. He's always so a point I, per game guy. He's he's solid yeah. for that. So I think if if I don't know if he's going to beat out some of the other guys, especially some of the other centers. When you think of obviously Connor McDavid and Sean Monahan, and you know it'll be tough for him, I think, to get in there. But uh, he'll be close. Andre Cash is maybe a tough one. Uh, even with the three points tonight, he is up to 11 points in 14 games. But the the big number there is he's only played 14 games. Um, I don't know if the NHL is going to look at that. And then you're going to put him up against some some very good players. Again, Calgary comes up. You're going to put him against Johnny Goodrow and Elias Lindholm and Matthew Kachuk. Uh, it, it's going to be tough to say he's better than those guys. Timo Meyer in San Jose. Uh, it it's it's a tough one. I, I would love for him to go, but I think he would have had to play the whole season, and he'd probably have to be sitting at oh close to a point per game, maybe 20, 21 points right now for him to get even considered because he's got a lot of guys ahead of him that are in a, a similar position to he is. Yeah, I know. That's true. It's it's most likely going to be the captain and John Gibson if we get to. Uh, that's pretty yeah. much what it's going to be. Um, And then you mentioned something about uh, – I think the broadcast mentioned it too – is Auberg or Aberg? I keep saying Auberg, but Aberg the best waiver pickup of all time? That's that's a tough question. Just that's because, a hard one to look up because, like, I don't know all the guys who have been picked up off waivers. Like, all time is a big statement, and like, yeah, Pontus Auberg has been good, but I don't know, man. He, he had a goal tonight, so he's at ten goals, sixteen points in twenty six games. That that's really good. But is it the best of all time? Uh, maybe best in Ducks history. Probably that. I would say yeah. probably that. He he's he's been a, he's been absurd with how well he's played and the points he's put up. Um, it's also he, early too, though, right? Yeah, I, I mean he's, he's a, a one-dimensional player. He's he's yeah. he's there to score and and create offense. And he does a really good job at that. So I would say he's probably the best Ducks waiver pickup. I would agree with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I can't even name one. Off the top of my head, I have a really good one. Obviously, there there are some guys who are more so fourth liners than anything, but uh, I can't even re- remember a really good one because waiver pickups don't really happen that often, and when they do, they really don't ever work out. They might look good, and then but uh, I don't think they've ever panned out in this way in recent memory for the Ducks. 
Uh, and, and then for other teams, generally it doesn't happen because there's a reason these guys are getting put on waivers. Not many very good players get put on waivers for a reason, right? So uh, I don't know. I would love to do more research on that. I really want to find out some of the guys that have been placed on waivers and, and how they've done later because I, I feel like there's got one or two out there yeah. who have just tore it up after they got and went over to another team. But I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. So, uh, shock in our chat here on speaker says, uh, what's fantasy hockey? And then he puts it all caps. It's where you accept my trade, Pat. So, uh, he's not happy that, uh, I, I forget about my fantasy team time and time again. I'll have to review the trade and, and see all what it season. is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many times you said I'll have to review the trade? We literally have 20 people. And I think you are the only one not setting your lines. <laughs> Thanks for throwing me under the bus. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. I haven't been very. I haven't been a very good uh, hockey GM this year, or last year, or the year before that. Uh, I don't know what it is. I'll get to it. I'll check it. I'll put it on. Uh, I'll put it on my docket for tomorrow, and uh, we'll see what happens. See if I get to it. Now we got to talk about Bob Murray. Let's move on here to uh, the real general manager who makes things happen. He gets an extension here uh, from Ducks upper management, a two-year extension here uh, to stay in Anaheim. Um, this, this, some of some of Bob's accomplishments became Ducks general manager uh, November 2008. Uh, so he's been here quite some time, ten years, and uh, five Pacific Division titles, and I mean playoff appearances. Right, he, he's only got what he's the only team behind Pittsburgh uh, for the streak of most playoff appearances, and a winning percentage of six ten. That's what the broadcast said, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You could look around, man. I know they haven't won a cup, and I've been critical of Bob many times, uh, except when I see him at Starbucks. He's very nice. I've always been very nice to him. But um, some questionable contracts, sure. But uh, we just talked about a guy we picked up off of waivers who leaves the team in goals. The guy yeah. does make good moves for this team. Um, how do you feel about it? Like, what was your first reaction? The one thing I'm trying to figure out is, is when was his contract going to expire to begin with? Uh I thought it was this a, year. Does like listen? I, I get uh, okay. So he's under contract through 2021, 2022. You know, ironically enough, guess what that takes him through the expansion draft. Yep. So it gives the Ducks a, a stable direction through the Seattle expansion draft, so they know who's going to be leading them through that. Has something to play with it. Look, look when the announcement comes a week or so after that announcement that when Seattle is going to get a team and when they're going to start their season. Mm, interesting. It, it It's kind of more than a coincidence at that point, right? Um, I think the Samuel A's fully believe in Bob Murray's abilities. I think they want him around, but it is interesting timing to give him that extension, give him just a two-year extension that puts him past the expansion draft. So the Ducks now know who's going to be leading them through that, who's going to be at the helm past that. And again, I mean, look at after that season or, or going into that season, actually, the contracts that will be up. Ryan, uh, Ryan Getzloff, Corey Perry's contracts will expire heading into that 2021-2022 season. So that will be up to Bob Murray to negotiate if he wants to keep them around. After that season, Ryan Kessler's contract is gone. If the Ducks want to go in a new direction with a new general manager, that's the perfect time to do it. When Ryan Kessler's contract is off the books, presumably, possibly, or at least with the contract says we know them for Getzlaff and Perry will no longer exist. 
Right. So if they want to give a new GM the reins, he's got a, an open playing field to work with. Other than obviously some of the contracts that have been signed, but it's a lot more flexibility than let's say if you were to fire Bob Murray at the end of this season and hand a new GM basically a, a box with a lock on it. He can't do anything with it. It, it. He's got a ton of contracts that have already been signed before he got there. I mean, it, like if any GM right now, take any GM in the league, what are they going to do that Bob different than Bob Murray right now with this team? They're kind of locked. Really, They're locked there's in. There's really not much you can do. Yeah, there's there's not much you can do. And and I mean, Bob Murray's handcuffed himself and in, in not being able to make some some heavy deadline day acquisitions in the past and going out to get the best players because of the contracts that they have, right? So I, I get it. I mean, a friend of our show, Hannah Spreaker, she was upset with it. And I get why people are upset possibly with bringing back Bob Murray because there are things that he doesn't do that I, even I don't agree with, with a lot of the the, things, the the plays he does at the deadline, getting Jason Chimera and Chris Kelly last year is the big plays when you're at the close to the end of your Stanley Cup window. And even before, you're really not going out and getting anybody. Getting Patrick Eves, it didn't work out, but that was the big play two years ago, right? When uh, Evander Kane was available and we had other guys available, he didn't go out and get them. He said he was involved in discussions, but he didn't like what they gave him. Pacioretty too, right? I know they were in on yeah. Pacioretty. Yeah. Pacioretty, and, and that was a legit... Uh, announcement that came. I think even it was either LeBron or Darren Drager that put out that the Ducks were interested in Pacioretty and they didn't end up getting a deal done. It's it's just disappointing when it seems like the general manager doesn't believe enough in his team to go out and get rid of those assets. So I understand why people are upset, but I mean, Murray's done some great things. He thinks his team isn't good enough to be a Stanley Cup contender. He may, he may mention today or during the press conference, right after he signed yeah. the deal. He, they're a playoff team. It's a it's yeah. a real crap dumpster fire of a division. Mm-hmm. So there's chances here, right? They're eight and two in their last ten games, and we're heading into the new year pretty shortly. Have a big road trip coming up, but right now the Ducks are a playoff team. Um, and I don't see that changing really with the way that this uh, conference is going to shake out. But um, a Stanley Cup contender, no. So maybe he's just kind of like, you know, why am I going to throw away my prospects and go no, out and get? Sure. As, and that's and that's where some of the criticism comes from, though. People are upset yeah. that that uh, they they feel like the contracts are landlocked. You can't do anything with them. So yeah. you need to give a prospects to bring in a scoring winger. But he thinks the team's not good enough to win a cup. So what do you do? Um, I think the more disappointment comes from when they were good enough, when people yeah. thought they were good enough to win a cup. And he really didn't do anything at the deadline. And there was always good players available. But he always went for the, the cheap option. Hence why he has the nickname Bargain Bob. Is he would go out and get the guys who really didn't cost too much and hope they hit. And, and you know, Patrick Eves did well when he was with the, Duck, uh, with the Ducks. When he, when he first came over. And now a, a lot of health issues that you obviously couldn't have foreseen. But, you know, it's disappointing. Pontus Abergley like said this year, picking him up off waivers. That worked out. Um, and I think it's a mixed bag. I, I, I think there are people who really like it because of, they look at his drafting ability, uh, some of the contracts he signed uh, in our chat on YouTube. SoCal Hockey fan mentioned the, the Raquel contract. That's a great contract, obviously. And the fact that they're able to sign him for so long, he's only making under $4 million. And, right. and then it just so happened that after he signed that contract, he goes out and has back-to-back 30-goal seasons, so it looked really great, right? Um and I just think more so than anything, I'm ha- okay with the signing because of when the extension is through. Like I said, it, it allows the Ducks to know now who's going to lead them through this expansion draft. I think you really need that knowledge of knowing who's going to be doing that. You don't want 
they, as an organization to have that open-ended and, and have Bob Murray's contract expiring before that, leave it to the last season. And even he doesn't know if he's going to be able to do that. Now he can start prepping for that now. And that goes into whether he signs guys, whether he gives out no-move clauses or whatever, and kind of maneuver and get ready for that. Because it's not a good thing to say, yeah, we're going to let you know at the end of your contract. And you can't really – you can start to prep for this, but you might not be around when it even happens. So now he gets that – that uh, he's comfortable in that seat that he's going to be the guy leading them through this. Interesting you you talk about contracts, right? We are talking about Bob Murray. Now let's talk about Randy Carlisle. Um, Bob was asked if, if that there was any point he was going to consider making a coaching change, and his answer flat out was no, that he was focusing on the players and how they're playing. And he just has no indication coming around to, uh, to say he was going to fire Randy Carlisle. As much as all of us here, uh, Forever Mighty Postgame Show, Forever Mighty Podcast, have chanted – hashtag fire Carlisle, he is not being fired. Uh, that's out the window. We were all wrong with our predictions. Uh, yeah. When he when he asked how he would grade Carlisle, uh, he said, we're over 500. <laughs> and he knows goaltending is a big piece of it. Um, he gets it, but he's not going to fire him. And there was mention I saw online about um, – uh, who the hell is the reporter here? I think it was uh, Elliot had said that um, – Earlier this was it earlier someone brought up the fact that he's going to be a scout or something in capacity when he's done when Carlisle's done Randy coaching Carlo? yeah that yeah. he's going to have a head he's going to have like a head office job somewhere uh, in the Ducks organization so they're not going to fire him he's going to play no. out the rest of his year and if he if they resign him for maybe one more year depending on how he feels then fine but if not he's staying in the organization so all this that coming out from Bob Murray yesterday just solidifies the fact that uh, we're not going to see Carlisle leave the helm at all this year. Carlisle's going to be through and through the coach. When they lost seven games in a row and he didn't get fired. That was it. You kind of knew he was going to stay around. Like you look at some teams who had lost a lot less. I mean, St. Louis, they were supposed to be really good this year. They didn't lose seven in a row, but they were losing games. What a train wreck team is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're still losing games. They fired Mike Yo though, because of that. And other teams, I mean, the Kings were losing games and, and they didn't even go on a big losing streak like that. And they fired. Uh, their coach as well and hired Willie Dazer and so it, after that it, it, that was where all the speculation started anyway that's where it really got and heated up because you were looking at all these other coaches getting fired and it was right around the time the Ducks were just losing games ever, all the time and you're like oh well Randy Carlisle might get fired and then now he's made it through this the Ducks are playing somewhat decent hockey and winning games that's the big thing is they're winning and uh, I, I just feel like he was never going to fire Carlisle now the fact that he didn't fire him after that, there's yeah. no way he was going to do it. I agree with you. And, and speaking of the Blues, it'd be funny if they went out and got Joe Quinville, brought him back. <laughs> I don't know why they haven't already. I mean, they, they still are losing games. Well, he's busy doing Shotsky's, uh, you know, at Chicago at Bears, Bears games. games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's busy having a good time. He was probably there tonight, too. They so before, the Rams. before we wrap tonight, Eddie, we have to pick a winner. Someone's going to take home our uh, the Ryan Miller autograph puck that I have sitting here at my house. Let me grab it. Like I've got it right here. I've got this puck. Ryan Miller puck signed. Nick Ritchie and Sam Steele also signed the back of it. So you got three players on one puck here. But uh, we did a 
a uh, if you go and, and subscribe to YouTube, click the bell, you're a new subscriber to our YouTube channel. We're really trying to build up our YouTube audience here. And so all of you that have helped out and subscribed are, out, are in the running for the puck, which I think is cool. You get a little freebie here for helping us out. So uh, do you have the winner? Are you using a randomizer? How are you doing it? Did you write I'm down 100 a names and put them in a hat? I did. I, I wrote – no, not in a hat. I typed out all 176, I think it was, before the game started. So everybody into, gets to be in the running. Random, yeah, into a random list generator. And I've got it open now, and I'll – I'll load it up here. And if we'll Jason Lamb there. wins, we're redoing the shuffle. Screw him. He's uh, oh, no yeah. host gets well, to win. I, the, the funny <laughs> thing is I think our names are in there too because I just yeah. I literally just copy and pasted the entire list. So we might have to redo it if somehow out of 176 people, it's one of us two. Uh, but uh, let's get into it. You won't be able to see it, I don't think, because you don't have – unless you have the YouTube open, but it's going to be delayed. So I'll let you know who won, and then we'll go from there. Oh, you're going to okay. screen share it? Yeah, yeah, I've I've got it. Uh, I've read it open on. It's up on YouTube. Right so it's now. live. We're gonna see who There's wins the puck. Drum roll. Drum roll. Okay, and it is Kim Atwood is the winner. Sweet. There you go. Kim Atwood so wins the puck. We'll figure out how to to contact Kim. I think I've seen her in our favorite Mighty Three Stars before in our yeah. leaderboard. I recognize so the be- I recognize the name for sure. So that might be an easy one. But, yeah, congratulations to Kim. You win the signed Ryan Miller, Nick Ritchie, and Sam Steele puck that we uh, got personally signed at FanFest for you now. So uh, we'll get in contact with you figure out how to get it shipped out. Uh, but, yeah, stick around, guys, because we do some giveaways like this all the time. Uh, we do the Favorite Mighty Three Stars before every game. At the end of the month, the winner of that gets a, a jersey from Cool Hockey. It could be any jersey, so even if – you don't want a Ducks jersey. You can literally get any jersey you want, fully customized, and over $200 value. So it's a great contest that Cool Hockey allows us to do. No, they're great. Yeah, so if you haven't participated, get on that for Forever Mighty 3 Star. And shout-out to all of our Patreon peeps, those of you who pay us money every month for bonus shows. We're going to knock out two shows this week. We're probably going to do our rant show, where uh, the guys usually piss me off more than each other, and I get to <laughs> rant on a couple topics. Um, they range from... Uh, what's a beach, right? Is it a is it next to the ocean, or next to a lake? Because uh, that, that would have to be I a random was, person wanted me to argue about that. That was aimed <laughs> to piss me off more than anything, and I believe that was Jason's idea because he just fully believes in that uh, that whole idea. Yeah, lakeside. That's what he wants you to call it. <laughs> so topics are ranging from that, the wooing at Honda Center, players, coaches, uh, movies, you name it. If you're part of our Patreon, you get to vote on what we talk about. All as well, top tens. Last uh, last week we did. Uh, I put together a top ten of the worst contracts by uh, by the Ducks over the course of the last twenty five years. So that was fun. Um, it's a good time. Our Patreon people are great. If you haven't joined already and you want to support our show, we have several tiers to look from. If you want to kick us a buck, you know, to say hey, pat on the back, you guys are great. That's awesome too. Um, or you can go up to ten bucks. Uh, we're ordering pucks for everybody who did that customized bottle opening pucks, which are cool. Uh, I'm signing the invoice, and that money will be sent to them tomorrow to have those delivered. Uh, they took forever to get back to me, so I apologize for the delay on that. But those are coming. And uh, we do Q&A shows, which is awesome, too. Um, and speaking of which, we owe everybody for last month, and then we'll do one for this month. We're going to have someone live on the show. I'd love to do it this Wednesday, Eddie, and uh, get somebody on here. We'll do a little quiz show. They'll give them five questions yeah. to win another prize. I have some autographed memorabilia sitting over here at my desk as well that we can decide who's going to win that. Then we'll do another one the following week before Christmas. But uh, shout out to everyone who supports us. We love you guys. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. 
Um, anyone in the comments, anyone who jumps in live chat, anyone who listens, listens to us the next day. We appreciate you guys. We wouldn't do it without you. So uh, let's go Ducks, and we'll talk to you guys Wednesday night.